Welcome to Beyond the Bridge with psychic medium and animal communicator, Samantha Jones. We are glad you are here and hope you enjoy the next hour where Samantha and her guest will help connect you to the magic of the universe, as well as to your loved ones and pets, both here and beyond the bridge. And now, Samantha Jones. Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Bridge. I am your host, Samantha Jones, and I am so excited that you are here today. Today, we are going to be talking about my most favorite thing to talk about, and that's animals. So I'm glad that you are here. If you love animals even half as much as I do, I'm sure you're going to love this episode. I hope everyone had a wonderful 4th of July and that you all, you know, with with your animals came through it okay. It's for me, the most stressful holiday of the year because I have, well, I have three dogs and one of them is really nervous and he was quite nervous last night and actually slept in the bed with us for a while. And so it's, it's tough. You know, I was so thankful that the other two aren't like that, but I know that there's a lot of you listening that know exactly what I'm talking about. You went through it last night and it's like, there's people out there and they're enjoying those fireworks while you sit at home with your poor animal that's shaking and, and very unhappy. So So however it went for you last night, I hope that it was good and everybody's good today. So like I said, today we're talking about animals, uh, in particular, the human-animal bond. And I have an in-studio guest today. Sabbath is here, my black lab, and he was sitting here panting. You know, it's summer, he's hot. And so I was like, you need to be quiet because it's going to be on soon. Then I thought, well, it's an episode about animals. So if you hear him panting, it's okay because it's an animal episode. Uh, Animals in general have this unique ability to make us feel these strong kind of emotions that we don't usually feel about a lot of other things, whether it's the unconditional love of the pet or just a wild animal, like an awe-inspiring presence of a wild animal. There's this connection that we have with animals that opens a side of us that nothing else really can. In my work, I do more pet readings than anything else. Uh, it mostly past pets after they've passed away or um, the other ones are obviously the living, but I do way more past animals than I do living on the living side. I do a lot of things um, for illness or behavioral issues or like upcoming life changes or even things like the 4th of July. I do work there, but I'm always surprised to hear from my clients, especially things like I've lost a loved one in the past, like, like a, a parent or or somebody and it didn't hurt as much as losing a pet and i i relate to that i understand how hard it is to lose an animal because they do open up this side of us that is this unconditional love and they provide something for us that humans just cannot because humans don't know how to love unconditionally maybe to our animals but even then i'm still skeptical about that because of the way that we're taught the way that we're brought up but animals aren't like that they love unconditionally and i think that's one of the things that we find the most intriguing about them is how how do you do that when somebody's mean to you how do you just come back a couple of minutes later and love them is it because you don't remember well i don't believe that it's unconditional love. It's that, well, people make mistakes and, you know, that happened, but I'm going to get past it where humans aren't taught that we're taught from a young age to be the way that we are. Um, Like I said, animals are not. I was looking at this survey today that was done by Forbes. It was actually done last month. 
And it said that 65 million Americans have dogs and 45 million Americans have cats and 40, 40 million Americans have other types of pets like horses, fish, birds, pocket pets, things like that. That's a lot of people. I think if I like try and think of people that don't have pets, I, it's hard for me to think of ones that don't at least have something, at least fish or something. Most people that I know ha have some kind of pet. My nail lady doesn't. And I find that weird. Like whenever we talk about it and she's like, I can just go away whenever I want to. And it's like, that's so weird to me that you don't have that kind of responsibility because most people that I know do, and and I have since I was very young. Since I moved out when I was 18, and like a month after I moved out, I got my first ferret, and it hasn't stopped since. I haven't been without animals since, so I don't know that kind of freedom. So I kind of envy people that have that freedom where they can just go and do whatever they want whenever they want because they're not tied down. But at the same time, that love that our animals give us is just so precious and like my husband and I have talked about after our dogs that we have now passed that we don't want animals for a while because we want to travel and we want to have that freedom. But I know it's going to be really, really weird to not have something like that, when, especially when you've had that your whole life, an animal that you could go to when you're sad or when even when you're happy, when all those emotions that you're feeling, um, there's definitely something I know I'm going to miss there for sure. So let me tell you a little bit about my background with animals, uh, because obviously you can tell that I love animals. I don't remember a time in my life that I didn't. Actually, my my mom's best friend, she likes to tell this story about how when I was really little, like high chair little, that my mom would be concerned that I, I wouldn't eat and I would go like a day or more without eating. And she would be like, what's wrong with her? What's wrong with her? Obviously it was emotional. She would call um, Katie, her best friend who lived next door and Katie would come over and she said that she would get a newspaper and it wouldn't be anything about animals, but she would get a newspaper and she would just start talking about animals and about, she's like, I would talk about the ducks and how this they were crossing the road or anything like that. She said, and next thing I looked up, you were eating. So it's, I've always, always, always had this connection. Um, I've worked with animals since I was 19. I worked in veterinary hospitals, both Petco and PetSmart. Uh, I owned a pet sitting business for 20 years. I worked in doggy daycares. So I have spent more time around animals than I have humans, especially when it came to the pet sitting, because I the only time that I really interacted much with the owners was when I initially met them. But after that, the interaction was simply like them texting me, you know, saying I need you these dates or whatever. And the rest of the time I was with the animals. So all day I'm just with animals and, and not with people. So I have grown to definitely have this love for animals where it's um, especially with my animal communication abilities, where I think it almost is um, unhealthy sometimes because I do understand them and feel them. And I'm so empathetic with them that it does a lot of times it's it's hard for me. It's hard like to watch uh, movies that ha that have animals that get hurt in it even, or like there's things on Netflix that I see that um, like one of my, I can't remember what it was, but it showed camels in Egypt. And I just can't, I just can't think about what all of these animals that are used, you know, and work, I can't think about it because my love for them is so strong. And I feel like in a lot of ways, they are not understood in today's society, but I'm so thankful that there are so many people and i feel like this is growing growing more people that are understanding animals we're getting away from things like wearing fur that when i was a kid 
I had fur coats, my mom, my grandma, my aunt, they all did. And I look at it now and I'm like, I can't even imagine wearing a real fur coat. I actually have one in a box somewhere and, and be donating it soon. I haven't seen it in years, but my mom had this purple mink and I just can't, every time I see it, I get upset. It's like how many minks had to die for that coat? What's the point? Like if we had to do that, if this was an age where we needed those things, we didn't have the technology that we do, I understand. But I'm so thankful that we are getting away from certain things like that. I'm also the type of person that like, you know, how okay, a man might see like a hot chick walking down the road, right? And he's like, oh, look at her butt or whatever. I'm like, hey, look at those dogs walking down the road. I get so excited. Every time I see a dog walking, it's like the most amazing thing that I've ever seen. So I am a huge animal freak. Uh, and so I love, love, love to do this job. I'm so thankful that I have these abilities to talk to the animals. And what that allows me to do besides just talk to them is to help people to understand them better. And I love doing these animal episodes because if you just take away one thing today that helps you to give your animals a better life, then I've done my job. Uh, because that's really like, they don't, they can't talk to most people because most people don't speak telepathy. So we spend a lot of our times as pet owners wondering what our pets are thinking. And they're wondering why aren't these humans listening to me? They don't understand, like, you don't hear me? How can you not hear me? How can you not speak telepathy? That's the impression I get from a lot of animals when I talk to them is I don't understand why I'm always trying to communicate with them and they can't hear me. Well, it's because humans are not taught that. They're not taught telepathy, but animals, it's just instinctual. That's how they communicate with each other. Just like humans, you know, we have a lot of different ways that we communicate. We have our body language, we have the verbal, and it's not just the English language. It's also, um, you know, our different sound effects or whatever that we make that tells people how we are feeling at that moment. So animals have the same exact thing. So we have to recognize those things in them in order to really understand them. But when you can open open up that telepathy and talk to them on that level, it gives it, it gives you such a different perception. And that's kind of where like, for me, I get a little bit obsessive when it comes to the animals, because I can talk to them and I do understand what they need. And it's hard for me when people don't know. And like, I see that an animal being treated some way, you know, and it's like, oh, I, I wish I could use my abilities for everybody. You know, just just get out there and, and talk to everybody so that I can help all of the animals. But if there's something that you take out of this episode today that helps to give your pets a better life, then I will be happy. One of the big questions that I get asked as an animal communicator is why are the why are animals here? Like there's we know that there's a lot of reasons, but why are they here? Well, I think that first of all, they're put here. Well, for our companionship, I guess I would say that that's probably first and foremost is animals are here for our companionship. They're like our best buddies. They give us comfort. They keep us company. They make me they make us feel like we belong. They give us that feeling that nothing else can. When things get tough, they bring us peace and they offer that unconditional support. This And this is really extremely beneficial to people that are feeling lonely or may have mental health issues or the elderly, like the elderly, they light up when they see animals. I, I love that. When I uh, first started taking care of my grandma back in 2010, she lived at a, a senior living facility and they would have people that would bring the dogs in to visit the elderly there. And I just love to watch the way they would light up when they would see these dogs. 
they'd love to interact with them. It was just beautiful. They they have this way, dogs, cats, animals in general have this way of opening up people in a way that they can't be opened up by anything else. And that to me was beautiful watching that with the elderly. Animals also, believe it or not, they improve our well-being. I like to joke about this because my dogs are a lot of stress for me because I treat them like their children. And I'm sure a lot of you understand that. So I joke about the fact that it's like, how are they improving my blood pressure when I actually stress about my dogs more than I stress about anything else? And I think it's because at those moments where you're not stressing like that about them, and you have that that love, that feeling, it does heal you in a way. It has this way of healing your heart, of even physically it can heal you. A hug from an animal, just like I love to lay on top of my great Dane, my big one, because it just there's something about it that's so soothing. It's like laying with a person because he's big like a person without the judgment of a person. Like, uh, and this might sound weird, but he loves my big great Dane. He loves morning breath, right? So in the morning, I can go and lay next to him and I can breathe next to him all I want. You know, you can just be yourself. It doesn't matter. They're not looking at you in a weird way because they love you. I put on like a daily concert for my dogs in the morning. I'm the only one that's awake in the morning and I have my headphones in and I'll sing and dance and they watch me. And you know what? I won't do that for anybody else on this planet because my dogs aren't going to go run and tell people, hey, guess what? Guess what she looked like today while she was dancing? Guess how bad her voice is? They're not going to say those types of things. So those things, being allowed to express yourself, I think, in front of animals and, and, and such gives you a well-being that you know, maybe you don't get anywhere else. And we'd see this too, like I said, with my grandma in the nursing home is we see this um, with people in the hospitals, they take animals to the hospitals as well. And there have been many studies on this showing that the interaction with animals has a positive effect on, on us. It reduces stress, it lowers blood pressure, it improves our moods, uh, and the increased social interaction, a lot of times the animal interactions gives people that kind of feeling of like, okay, I can be social. I can, my, I did that for my grandma when they would bring the dogs in that gave her a reason to kind of be social. And I, I loved that for her. Um, pets go really honestly beyond our expectations when it comes to this with the level of comfort that they give us and keeping us company. It's like, Sabbath is here right now with me, like I said, in the studio, and he's like my unconditional support. He doesn't care what I'm doing. He just wants to be with me. He could be outside. He, he loves to be outside, but no, he wants to be in here with me. He's got his unconditional support for me. And that's what our dogs, cats, and other animals love to do for us. There's also something really big that when people ask me this question of what are animals here for that I think about, and that's the lessons that they that they are here for in our life. Animals are amazing teachers. They show us the important things about life, about love. They teach us about bouncing back from challenges because they are so resilient. They are all about living in the here and now. So they try and teach us that. They are so forgiving and so loyal. And like I've said many times, so loving unconditionally that they are here spiritually to help us to learn those things. And when we spend time with animals, we can become more understanding and patient and connected to nature. And I, I think that's one of the reasons why I am the way that I am, because spending all of this time with animals has made me different. It's made me understand them way more than I understand people. 
the spiritual connection goes even way deeper than that. Um, animals are often seen as sacred beings and messengers or symbols of spiritual things. Um, there's this pr profound connection that we develop with animals that makes us feel interconnected and like they give life a purpose even. And it just serves as this beautiful reminder of just how much they can bring into our lives when they can make us feel spiritually connected. Like I love to the butterflies and the, the dragonflies and all of those, those animals, they make me feel spiritually, spiritually connected. When I see them, I, I just think those are divine. These animals are all divine. They're from heaven and they're here for so many different reasons. And so much of that is spiritually related. Absolutely. So I still have a lot for you here today on this. I forgot to mention at the beginning, actually, that if anybody would like to call in and talk about your animals, you can, we can just talk about them. You can just tell me how amazing they are and, and I'd love to listen to it. Or you can call in and ask a question. Or if you'd like a reading, the phone lines are open. So feel free to call. That number is 888-346-9141. We're going to take a break in a minute. So wait to do that if you'd like to until after the break. And then, yeah, if anybody would like to call in, I would love to talk to you. I'd love to talk about animals. So let's talk about it. So let's go ahead and take a break, everyone. We will be right back. Stay tuned. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Have you ever suffered grief from the loss of a loved one or pet? Do you ask yourself questions like where did they go and what are they doing? Do you have guilt for things left unsaid or feel the need for answers about the loss you never received? Join Samantha Jones, psychic medium and animal communicator, every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, where her and her guests will discuss all things beyond the bridge. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Welcome back to Beyond the Bridge with Samantha Jones. Have a question for Samantha or her guests? Or would you like a reading? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. 346-9141. Now, back to the show with Samantha. 
Welcome back to Beyond the Bridge, friends. I'm so glad that you're here today. We are talking about the human-animal bond. And again, my favorite thing to talk about is animals. So I get pumped and I get going. So sorry if I talk fast. <laughs> I It really is, as you can tell, my favorite thing. It like raises my vibration to talk about the animals. So going back to the spiritual connection that we have with them, there's a few things that I wanted to talk a little bit deeper about in this spiritual connection. And one of them is the healing and inner growth that animals help us with. Most people experience deep healing and inner growth through their connections with animals because animals provide that safe and non-judgmental place where we can just be ourselves and explore our emotions and there's no judgment. It really does help to change a person. I've been surrounded by animals my whole life. So this is just who I am. But I have watched people. I've actually, my husband is a really good case in point. He actually loves animals. He's I don't know if he could say that he's a, a dog or a cat person. He loves both of them. And that was definitely one of the things that attracted me to him. He had also had a black lab uh, before we met but he didn't have that same kind of connection. I mean, he still doesn't because I am an animal communicator. But my point is, is he's grown a lot over the 10 years that we've been together. He now sees the things in animals that he didn't see before because the, nobody taught him this. He sees a different side. He's He treats the dogs, our dogs, the same way that I do. And it's beautiful. And so I really enjoy watching people that maybe didn't know all of this, that don't know that animals are such amazing spiritual beings and then learn that and grow from it because all of these things that they do to help us, they really, with somebody that's never like, you know, had that kind of eye-opening awakening when it comes to, when it comes to animals, it definitely can be very, very healing. They also, animals naturally live in that present moment, right? So they're very, um, mindful of things and they they live in the moment they're in the present moment so we by observing that they do that we can learn also how to live in that moment because that is definitely not something that people do there's this um i don't know what you call it a meme or i guess that floats around and it has like um, a person and a dog sitting together and above the person's head is all of these things that the person is thinking about work and what they're going to eat and the bills they have to pay and all of that stuff. And then it shows the dog and all he's thinking about is right now that they're at the park and they're looking at this beautiful tree. And we could learn so much from the animals if we did that kind of thing. If we, when we were in a moment, just stopped and lived in that moment. And I really, truly believe that that's one of the reasons why animals are here. They are here to teach us these things, but most of us just overlook it. And we don't really see that they're not just living like that. They're trying to teach us how to live like that as well. If you've ever noticed like um, your animals staring off or even just laying there, they're not asleep. They're just laying with their eyes open. Animals really are good with meditating. They, It's not even meditating for them. It's just like an altered state where they're kind of in this um, slight meditative hypnotic state. And they, you know, who knows what they're doing in that moment. They might be communicating with animals or people on the other side. We don't know. But when you see your animals doing that, that's, that's it. They're in like this hypnotic state. And we could learn a lot from that because when was the last time that you just laid there and just didn't focus because they're, I can tell you that they're not sitting there in those moments thinking about 
the what happened to them three weeks ago. They're just not. They're not thinking about what three weeks from now is going to be like either. They're just being. And we should be able to do that as humans. That for us is meditating, which is very difficult for a lot of people. But if we could learn to also do that, to be to spend time in that hypnotic state where we're not asleep, but we're not totally awake, but we're not focusing on our problems, it would make the world a much better place. So something else that we can definitely learn from them. I've mentioned many times in this episode so far, the lessons of unconditional love. Animals have this incredible capacity for unconditional love. They, there is their unwavering affection and acceptance of people. Of course, there's, there's times where an animal has been abused and so then they become fearful, but can you blame them? There's always those types of situations, but there's a lot of these animals too, that have been very badly abused that do learn to love and they love unconditionally. We have a rescue Great Dane and she, when she came here was, um, it was really hard. She was having a really hard time. She went through a lot. She was found in the desert with puncture wounds all over her body. She was in really, really bad shape. So we know that that was a very traumatizing time for her. And when she came here, she wasn't really accepting of anybody but me. And she even was trying to like escape to get away. Uh, but now she's actually more my husband's dog than mine. And when she came here, the rescuers told us, well, they told him, don't feel bad if she gravitates more towards your wife because she trusts women. She doesn't trust men. But she trusts him just as much as she trusts me now. So you can see that they come back, that that unconditional love in them tells them that it's okay to be loved now by this person. And they don't hold the past against us in ways like, like Betty, she gets nervous sometimes, but that's gotten a lot better too. But whatever happened to her, she doesn't take it out on us. One of the things that I love is nature. And this is something that since my spiritual awakening has increased tenfold. I I just love to interact with nature. I love to watch it, whether it's trees, flowers, whatever. The animals in particular, we have these hawks that are around us um, that they sound like seagulls. And it's been kind of driving me and my husband crazy because they're so loud. And it was really cool the other day because one of them landed on the phone pole right outside and I saw him land there. And so I went outside and like talked to him for like five minutes and I just sat there and, and asked him questions and, and watched him. And it was so cool. And animals can just teach us so much about our connection to this earth and why we're here and watching the way that they do things, watching the way that nature works so seamlessly and perfectly Things grow in nature when they're supposed to, not when we tell them to. And we can learn so much from that, not just from the animals, but from the flowers, from the trees, the way that, you know, we have fires that come through and take out these trees, but they they either regrow and rebirth or they spread their seeds on to grow other trees. And we just could learn so, so much from the wild animals as well as the domesticated animals. If you ever have time in your day and you're just, you know, thinking, oh, I'm kind of bored, don't really know what to do. Go outside and just watch the birds, watch them interact with each other. It's it's really cool. Once you really start to pay attention to what they're doing. I love the hummingbirds, too. Like they we call it hummingbird wars. They sound like little Star Wars fighter pilot things, you know, flying around outside. I just love it. Just it it to me definitely makes me feel a connection to the earth that 
I don't feel if I don't, you know, have that kind of connection to nature. So get out there and enjoy nature as well. Animals communicate with us through a lot of different ways, right? And I've talked about the that obviously I have this animal communication ability where I can talk to them in a different way. But most people don't have that. And so we have to watch for things like non the nonverbal cues, the body language. And um, you can tell a lot of things by the way your animal holds themselves. For example, parrots, a lot of them, when they get angry, their eyes pin. So if you learn this about them, then you can learn when they're angry. We can do this with all of our animals, and this teaches us how to understand them better. When our dog's ears go back, what does that mean? Like last night, my Great Dane was so freaked out by the fireworks, his ears are back. So when you see that kind of thing, then you can remind yourself next time, okay, this is what that means when they do that. And you can figure out your animals in this way through observation, through your own intuition as well. I can't tell you how many times I hear from people that they're like, I knew something was wrong or I knew I should have done this or that. And their animal is trying to talk to them, but they don't believe that they have that kind of ability or that intuition. And I'm not talking about those paranoid moments because if you're you know, an animal lover like me and you have animals, you have those paranoid moments where you're like, oh gosh, I feel like something's wrong. No, there, there is that intuitive feeling that a lot of times we have that just tells us that we should be doing something or, you know, whatever the situation is. And observing them, getting to know them better will help us to be able to do things like diagnose illness. There's so many times that people come to me and they say, I didn't know my animal was sick. And then the animal shows me all of the things that it was doing to show that it was sick. But people don't, they don't pay attention or they don't understand that it, this they are all individuals just like us people, right? So something else that people will say to me a lot is, I have this cat and it doesn't act like the other cats. It lays under the bed all the time or you know, doesn't want human companionship, doesn't like to be held. But my other two cats like to be held. Okay, but some people don't like to be held and some do. It's the same thing. We have to look at the animals as they are all their own individual, unique personality and not put it into like like that, like a lump sum of like, well, my other two do this, so my one should too. Um, it doesn't work that way. They all have different personalities. So the best way that you can learn how to understand your pet better is by learning how to communicate with them in the ways other than like this animal communication, like the the body language and even the different um, sounds that they might make that you realize at certain times. Like one of the very first things that I re realized about Zuma, our Great Dane, was that when he wasn't tired anymore, he would yawn with a squeak. Like if he was waking up from a nap, that was his way of telling me, I'm not tired anymore and actually I wanna play. So whenever we hear like the squeaky yawn, we know that that's him wanting to play. He's excited, he's starting to wake up or whatever. So these small things that we can learn about our animals will help us in so many different ways to understand them better, to um, see illness when it happens better, to recognize different things that they may need because they can't just walk up to the average person. Like if you're not an animal communicator, and even for me, it's not this easy. They're not just going to walk up to you and go, hey, I, I don't feel good. They have to show you that they don't feel good in different ways by excessive licking or whining or our great Dane, Betty, the, the rescue. She has been whining for a long time. And I've been adjusting, like trying to figure out if it's her 
um, her uh, pain medication or anything like that. Um, but it, I did adjust her medication and it actually helped her a lot. And so we need to try and do these things too, is like experiment with what possibly could be going on. Like she's old. And so we know that she has pain, but she gets around really well. And so she was having a hard time at night, like adjusting. And and I think we figured out that it's more like doggy dementia. And so the pain medication, I feel like I've got right, like we're good there. So what I did was I increased her gabapentin, which helps her sleep. And I changed it. So I was giving them I was giving her two at once. And now I'm giving her three, but I'm spreading them out between like an hour, an hour and a half. And she's sleeping so much better. So if we see these things with our animals, like the the whining or, you know, vocalization or getting up and not being able to get comfortable, this is another way that learning their their body language and their tone and that all of that will help when they're not feeling well or they're trying to express something to you. So what are some ways that we can strengthen our bond with animals? There's a lot of ways. And I get asked this a lot because, well, the way that people most likely ask this or ask this most of the time is, do my pets need me to do anything else for them? Is there anything that they want from me? So I guess we can look at this better is that these are the things that if your animal could say to you that they might want, these are some things that they would want. Quality time and interaction. This is the most important thing that the animals tell me is spending time with their people is crucial. It builds that strong bond. It helps them to be more you know, mentally stimulated. So activities such as playtime or grooming or simply just being there with them. Like before I learned that I was um, a psychic and went from being a pet sitter to being a professional psychic, my dream job was a stay-at-home dog mom. And now I actually get to be a stay-at-home dog mom and be a psychic, which is cool. But they have me here most of the time. They have us here most of the time because my husband works from home too. And I just love the way that our dogs are. I mean, they're a little bit needy because we're around them all the time, but they're happy dogs. They, they don't act in a lot of ways that dogs do that don't have their, their humans around. Uh, as much. They are more confident. They're just, yeah, I, I love being able to have that connection and spend that amount of time with them. And this is something too, that when it comes down to end of life and like your dog is maybe getting ready to pass, people will ask me, what do they need from me? What do they want me to do? What do they want to do in this time between now and when they're put down? And most of the time, it's just that quality time. Every once in a while, they'll ask for food of some kind. But most of the time, they just want to be loved. They just want to lay with you and do the things that they've always done and create new memories because that is really for them what is the most important for. And you know what? And I can't talk about all breeds of animals, but really with dogs and cats and and some even of the pocket pets. Ferrets are a good example of something that does not fit into any of this. <laughs> and if you have ferrets, you understand they're not cuddly creatures. They're not really um, like you could sit there and cry and your ferret will just totally ignore you. But most likely your dog or your cat or maybe even your bird will come to you. When my mom passed away, the actual the biggest comfort to me, I had an eclectus parrot at the time. And he was the biggest comfort to me. He would come and lay on my pillow or he would sit on my pillow and just sit there with me while I slept sometimes. And just he was like something to me that I needed during that time after my mom passed away. And and there's um, definitely 
the the quality time that I spent with him through that helped me to get through that with my dogs as well. But there was just something about that bird and the way that he was so attentive and loving and and different when I was going through that. It was like he knew just like the other animals knew the birds. They're empathetic and understand when you're going through difficult times as well. So we're just going to go ahead and take a quick break here and then we'll come back and finish this up. So stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back. A little birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Life can be confusing at times. There can be uncertainty, disappointment, and an inability to clearly see where you're headed. But it doesn't have to be this way at all if you understand how to take the next step in your life. Tune in to Living the Miracle with your hosts, Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll help you to find the deeper meaning that awaits you in your life, have certainty in yourself, and learn to be clairvoyant. Listen Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Welcome back to Beyond the Bridge with Samantha Jones. Have a question for Samantha or her guests, or would you like a reading? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now, back to the show with Samantha. Welcome back to Beyond the Bridge, everyone. Today, we are talking about the human-animal bond. And right now, we are talking about ways that we can strengthen that bond. So another way that we can strengthen it is positive reinforcement and training. Sometimes I think people think that training their animals is mean, and it's not. Crate training isn't mean. Dogs love the den. If you do crate training right, they love it. It just has to be done the correct way. I'm actually in the process of writing a book about intuitive pet behavior training. I did an episode on it a couple months ago, and it really like got a lot of response. And I can see that it's much needed because this this positive reinforcement and this training in the correct ways is really one of the biggest 
things that will change your pet's personality. And one of the ways that you can get the type of pet that you want through the positive reinforcement, through the proper training, um, rewarding desired behaviors with treats, praise, affection. The positive approach builds the trust and encourages that relationship. So, and your training sessions also with them should be fun and engaging in a way that you're bonding with your pet. And this is something that I feel like a lot of trainers don't really look at is that this isn't a master dog relationship, or at least it shouldn't. It should be a mutual relationship of respect where you're learning to communicate with a species that you can't talk to in the verbal sense. So you have to do this training with them in a way that is positive. And that's why I really love the intuitive training, because when you have a situation, a lot of times it's not even about like a bad behavior. It's about a miscommunication. An animal is acting a certain way because it doesn't know any better or because that's the personality. Like I've had people tell me, can you, you know, tell my dog when I get home from work, not to jump all over me and be so excited when I get home? Well, maybe, but do you really want that? Do you really want your dog to just sit on the couch and ignore you when you get home? That's not their personality. That dog's individual personality is, oh my gosh, I'm so excited that you're home and I want to greet you at the door. And instead of being like, there's something wrong with that. And then telling them to like, chew, get away. I'm tired. Get away from me. You know, whatever. We should look at that as they missed me. This is a creature that I've been away from and they missed me and I'm there what they wait for all day. They sit there and they wait for you to come home. So you can see what I'm getting at here is that by understanding their behaviors a little bit more and why they do what they do, then you can have a better relationship with them instead of thinking like, uh, I don't want them to act this way. And so instead, I'm going to train that out of them with some kind of fear related consequence or whatever it might be. And that's just not the way to communicate with our animals. That's They deserve just as much respect as we do, if you ask me. Um, I don't look at them as a lower, a lower form of life at all. They're just different. We're just, we have different capabilities than they do. There's things that they can do that we can't. And that's what's another one of those things that's absolutely amazing to me. We also need to strengthen our bond with them is to provide the care and well-being that they deserve. So prioritizing them giving them the healthy diet, the proper veterinary care, the safe environment that they need and that they deserve, the exercise, the mental stimulation. It is really hard to be like, you know, on the top of your game as a pet owner. If you think about all these things and go, oh my gosh, I should be doing all these things. We really should. We should be treating our animals like they are people and giving them the healthy diet and doing all the same things for them that would be we would be doing for actual people. We have a uh, Zuma, the Great Dane, and he's allergic to everything. And so he's on um, Hill's prescription diet and he's 175 pounds. So you can imagine how much that dog eats. And every time I buy one of those bags of food, which is literally like every three weeks, I cringe because it's so expensive, that and the wet food and everything. But you know what? I don't have any other options because we've tried so many different foods and it just did not work for him. And this is the one that does. So it just is what it is. You know, I I read in that um, that survey that I was talking about earlier. I think I wrote it down here. Yep. 
40% of people live on a tighter budget to give their pets a better life. That's one of the things that we definitely need to consider when bringing any pet into our home is how much that particular pet could cost us. I didn't think about that when getting two Great Danes, uh, the amount of beds that they go through because they're so large and so heavy, they need beds all the time. The antibiotics when they get sick, where a little dog could take maybe one half of a pill and now you have a 170 pound dog that takes you know, three of those <laughs> or like, you know, the, even Benadryl, he doesn't take just one. I should be giving him four when he takes them, but I don't, I only give him two, but for his size, do you see what I mean? Like there's so much that can be, that can add up in the cost of taking care of an animal. And then when you have multiples of them. So this is something that we need to think about before we get our animals, because when it comes down to it, Sometimes we just can't afford the vet bills or the expensive food or whatever it is, but their quality of life shouldn't suffer for that. We're taking on the responsibility, just like with a child, we have to make sure that they're getting the care that they need. So I can definitely um, understand this 40% that lives on a tighter budget. There was something else I saw in that survey that said, like the average American spends like $800 a year on their animal. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, four months of that dog food is $800 or close to it. It's like, I wish that that's all I spent, you know, but yeah, some of us, you know, we, we do go above and beyond, but the animals don't care about that. They don't care. You know, if you're getting them premium bones or, or whatever, they just are happy with whatever you're giving them. So as long as they're feeling healthy, you know, and, and I mean, the healthy diet is definitely very important, but you know, they don't need like the top of the line toys or treats or they're not, they're not looking at things like that. They're looking at it as, wow, I get to, you know, enjoy all of this stuff. I have these toys. They don't care if they have a hundred toys or two toys. They're just happy to have toys. Uh, it's very, they're very different than humans are. Absolutely. Let's see what else I have for you. We have a few minutes left. So something else that I wanted to touch on is ways that we can learn to respect animals more, because I think that this is something that for the most part, we're not really raised to understand just how much we should be respecting animals. So a few things that we can do, first of all, is just recognize recognize them, recognize that animals are sentient beings and that they are capable of experiencing a very wide range of emotion, pain and pleasure. Um, they, we need to respect their right to live free from unnecessary harm and cruelty. We need to, you know, see that they are actual living creatures that deserve our respect. We need to avoid exploitation of them. So things like circuses. I'm so glad to see that circuses are no longer, for the most part, using animals. They're like people circuses. And when I say this, I'm not really putting zoos into that category. So, you know, because I do get asked about this a lot, that most zoos are not exploiting. They are conservation. So you just need to look at the zoo and, and see what it looks like to you. But most zoos, especially in the United States, are conservation type zoos. They are looking to to educate people. They're looking to um, help a species that's endangered or whatever. So that's not really what I'm talking about. Other things that we can do is educate others. The things that I've shared with you today, share those things with others. 
you know, help them to understand how important it is for their animal to live in a calm, peaceful, happy environment with proper food and and veterinary care and all that. You can help people. You can educate people on those things. And that helps. You can also support animal rights. So advocate for animal rights and welfare, uh, whatever that means to you, help the the Society for, for Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, whatever, but support those groups that are trying to make a difference. Your local groups are, are really important too. Uh, if you have like local rescues or like here we have um, Dog Day Search and Rescue, which really helps with like when the dogs or cats and stuff get, get out and they need to be, you know, humanely trapped and that kind of thing support those types of organizations and and that type of thing will help for you to you know not just build your kind of bond with animals but also to to help respect them more and and all of that so that is about all that i have time for you today my friends but remember um these creatures are here for us to teach us a lot they are here to experience their own things as well they should be respected just as much as we want to be respected. They can provide such amazing companionship and love if we allow them to, and um, we should provide that back to them. What's amazing about animals is a lot of times they don't care if you love them the way that they love you. They still love you that way anyways. But wouldn't it be amazing for all of us to love our animals the way that they love us? I think so. So there you have it, my friends, the human animal bond. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. And I hope that you will go and spread this to other people and help them to take better care of their animals and to respect nature and wild animals more so that we can all live as one in peace and harmony and on our beautiful planet. So until next week, friends, I hope that you have a wonderful week. Stay healthy. Uh, stay spiritual and enjoy your animals. And I will see you next week, friends. Peace and love. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Beyond the Bridge. We hope you will join Samantha and next week's guest for more eye-opening ways to connect to the universe. Until next week, peace and love. <laughs>